Yes. So if it's a full flight and the person next to you has a heart attack and we can't move anyone, you have a dead person next to you until we land. Jesus. And you just have to make it look like they're sleeping? Yeah. Welcome back to Other People's Lives. I'm Joe Sanagato. I'm Greg Dybeck. For anyone out there that wants to be a part of the show, don't hesitate to reach out to us. You can reach us at our website, oplshow.com, or just send us an email directly at oplpodcast at gmail.com. Yeah, and if you guys want to get bonus episodes while helping support the show, you can head over to patreon.com slash oplshow, and you'll get weekly behind-the-scenes bonus episodes. And uh, also just wanted to let you guys know, if you haven't seen it yet, we're doing a new series on this channel. It's called The Anonymous Hotline, where we have people call in. They remain completely anonymous. They leave a voicemail sharing a secret or a confession. And we recently... Uh, put out an episode of that. So you can find that right on our main YouTube channel or right on uh, the podcast, whatever podcast platform you use. It's right there. It's called the Anonymous Hotline. So check that out. We're excited about it. But today we're going to be speaking with a woman who reached out to us and she is a flight attendant and she's going to be sharing all her crazy experiences in that job. Uh, I think it's a job that a lot of us are familiar with, I guess, from the outside looking in, we've had interactions. A lot of you have maybe even been rude or not, not very nice to these people. Uh, but it'll be interesting to get a sort of behind the scenes look about uh, the, the job and, you know, some stories of, of things that go on during flights that as passengers, we probably don't even realize are going on. So we've got the guests on the show today. And uh, thanks so much for being on. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we're uh, super excited because we have a, a ton of questions. We love episodes like this about jobs where we just get to dive in and just try to learn all, all the secrets that the average person doesn't know. We're, we're big on that. So I want to kick this off with the question that I think a lot of people have thought before. When you're working on a plane and passengers are boarding, are you immediately judging everyone that's coming on? <laughs> Um, yes, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, so you have to be, first of all, so the first thing I'm going to say is, and you have to keep that in mind for the rest of the podcast, is that a flight attendant's job, the, the only reason why we're on the plane is to take you safely from point A to point B. So, and then we happen to provide a service and then we happen to be nice, but we have to be safe. And so we are profiling everyone who is able-bodied, who is non-ambulatory, who is someone that could help us if we need to restrain somebody, who is someone I can go to if, you know, I need so someone to open the door, um, children, pets, people mm -hmm. on wheel in wheelchair. Also, do you, um, the way, so that's why we say hello to everybody, the way you interact with me. Do you, I smell alcohol on your breath? Are you belligerent? Are you rude from the get-go? Um, so these are all things that we take in and we just keep that with us and we keep that with us with the whole time, like the whole time on the flight. And so, yes, we do judge everybody that comes on board um, because we have to. Okay. Interesting. I feel um, so judged right now thinking back of all my past flights, but it, it makes sense why you literally, it is your job to, to judge, but... Wow. I've never, like Joe, have you ever realized 
that you're being no i thought they were just saying hi yeah i know you guys are good (laughs) no and it has happened to me that i've had to have a passenger um i've had a flight attendant who ended up on uh with a medical emergency and i had to brief a passenger to sit at the door and in case we needed to open the door on landing so yeah it it does happen Hmm. and when so what kind of person you know would walk onto a plane and you'd be like oh god um (laughs) we had someone with um like a huge trump supporter come on the other day and we were like all right uh we'll keep an eye on this person um (laughs) it was just kind of this that's like a profiling that we would do that's definitely would make us feel uncomfortable sometimes just because of you know like it's a, a judgment that we would have so that's something that obviously we don't uh, the company is not like look at these people, but it's something that us would be like, okay, we have to make we have to make sure that this person doesn't do any trouble, right? Because that's how they're portrayed in the media, for example, um, or people who I've had people come on and just start screaming and just making really like racist jokes or uh, sexually inappropriate comments. And I would, you know, I've had to deny boarding to someone one time that was being too loud because you don't want to make other people uncomfortable. So that's the thing, too. And I I imagine that doesn't go well ever whenever you're asking someone to, like, step off the plane. I've seen videos, but it doesn't really go well ever. They escalate. So like plane interact, like bad plane interactions or asking someone to leave. I've never seen one that hasn't escalated like from zero to a hundred. It's just like that. Like people just lose their minds on planes, but it kind of has to be a little scary for you too. Like just thinking about that position of, you know, you're judging people that are coming in because you have to keep everyone's safety in mind. Then obviously that, you know, it's hard to take away just your personal judgment. Like, Hey, this person looks like they might be an asshole. Um, but then knowing that you're essentially, you're the ones that will have to step up if there is trouble or if one of these people are, you know, acting belligerent or whatever it is. Uh, it's, yeah, it's kind of a scary position to be in, I would imagine. Well, it's, um, you always have to think, so when we're boarding, we always have to think, you know, yeah, it could be, it could be, stressful and you don't want to have to deal with people deplaning, you know, that's not, I don't want to make your life miserable, but I also have to think about the fact that the door is still open and we can still have police officers come on and help us. Um, if I close the door and think I'll just take a chance on it, on this person, and then we leave and then we're in the air, then I'm the only one who has to take care of the situation. And so Mm. it's always better to deal with it on the ground than to deal with it in the air. Um, and it's happened as well. Like it's not just for your safety, but sometimes it's happened uh, a couple of months ago where this woman was trying to bring her, her dying mother on board. And I've never seen someone so close to death in my entire life. And she was not medically approved to fly. And so we had to deny her boarding because I have raised, I raised my uncomfortable, like that I was uncomfortable. I raised a concern. And so if something were to happen to that woman on board, then I would be the one who's in trouble because why didn't I do something? Yeah, that's true. So uh, you always have to be a step ahead. Mm-hmm. That I'm, I am curious too. like that. I, I've, I've read that sometimes people 
die on planes and passengers will have no idea because the flight attendants just, I guess, have a way of handling that situation. Is that something you've ever been involved in or, or how are you trained if you literally notice that someone died on a flight? Yeah, so I have uh, very close friends that have had deaths on board. Uh, it's never happened to me personally, but I know of three people who has happened to on different flights. Um, so it really, it really depends on the situation. So if it's a big plane and there's like two aisles and a lot of people, and it happens, let's say at night on a long flight, um, a lot of people won't be aware that something's going on. But if it's on a smaller plane where there's just one aisle, let's say, or a lot less passengers, a lot less seats, you will be aware that something is happening. Uh, we are not medical professionals, so we cannot declare that someone is dead. <clears throat> so we just have to say, you know, this person appears. So if someone says, oh, is this person dead? You'd have to say, well, it appears so. Um, mm. so it's kind of like you can never say that the person has passed. And... Um, the thing that always kind of freaks me out is that we have to put them back in their seat and we have to recline the seat a little bit and put like a a blanket all up to their neck so we cannot cover their face. Oh. Yes. So if it's a full flight and the person next to you has a heart attack and we can't move anyone, you have a dead person next to you until we land. Jesus. And you just have to make it look like they're sleeping? Yeah. And we, if someone says, is the person next to me dead? You have to say it appears so. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, it's super weird. That is terrifying. I mean, that is like, that has unlocked a new fear of mine now <laughs> because usually it was just kind of like, you know, turbulence I mean, yeah. and stuff like that. But, you know, that unlocks a new thing for me. It I mean, tur turbulence sense. are mostly safe. It's the, the biggest thing that happens is uh, first aid emergencies. Hmm. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I mean, it it makes sense, I guess, because anything other than like pulling a weekend at Bernie's, making the person look like they're sleeping when they're really dead is just like, I guess it would just cause alarm. And that's, it, it seems like everything you guys do, if there is some sort of emergency or something going on is with the rest of the plane in mind to just don't let this become something that affects everyone on the plane. Exactly, exactly. Um, can you imagine if we had to announce it? Imagine mm. the panic and the chaos that that would create, right? Yeah, or, yeah. or everyone would just pull out their phone and try to take pictures, which is weird too. Probably, yeah. And it's also, it's, um, it's really traumatic. So it's really traumatic, you know, like I've had a friend who has had to give CPR to someone who died while she was giving CPR to him. Oh, and man. she was off for a long time. And the company that I work for does offer, like offer psychological help. Um, but it's, it's very traumatizing. There's someone else that um, had to quit the job because they just couldn't be in an airplane anymore. And then they couldn't be in an airplane because... Um, it was a, it was like a grandfather that had passed and the grandchild had to sit next to the grandfather and kept asking the flight attendant, you know, what's happening? What's going on? Is my grandfather going to come back? And he was like, uh, I don't know what to tell you. And it wow. was so traumatic for him that he had to leave. So it's really, it's really rough. And, um, you have to be really, really careful with these situations and, as much as you can, you would try to move people around so that you would have at least that person like in a corner, in the back, you know, so that people don't walk by by that person that's passed. 
And obviously you would land right away. Like they would try to make you land as fast as possible. But sometimes that, you're over the ocean and that is maybe mm. three hours away. Yeah, that's actually what I was going to ask. I was going to ask like what, what types of things would result in like an emergency landing where whether it be like someone's super sick or, you know, someone has died or, you know, just anything else. Like what, what really calls for an emergency landing? So um, a lot of the time, if someone is sick, we will call for like a medical a medical professional. And we, if we don't really know, so sometimes you'll be halfway through, like halfway through the destination and it'll take the same amount of time to go back to where you came from or to go where you need to go. We will ask if there's a death on board, we would ask the family, what do they want? Because if they've just lost a family member with them, you know, there's so many different practices and cultures around the world that they might have to stay with the body as much as possible. They might want the body to be back to like their home where they where we just left. So we might mm-hmm. go back. Um, it, has, it has happened as well another time that someone was having, um, uh, I think it was a heart attack. And uh, we paid for a medical professional. And then this, this doctor came and the pilot asked the doctor and said, what do you think? How long do we have? So we do, if we have, we also have access to um, like medical people on the ground that can help us. So we'll just ask. And then if we don't have any medical professionals, if the person is by themselves, then we'll just land as fast as we can, wherever we can go. Yeah. Wow. You never really think about dying on a plane, but... That was, uh, that's very eye-opening. Yeah. Jeez. Uh, I'm curious too, like it's the, the things that you're like a Swiss army knife of things that you have to deal with. Is it annoying that the average perception of someone taking a flight with a flight attendant is this person is going to get me a drink or food, or, you know, I'll, I'll ask them a million questions when I need, but it's probably not crossing the average person's mind of, you know, all the things like you're trained in and, you know, what, like your leadership ability, if, if something were to happen, does that, uh, bother you or most flight attendants? Do you know? Um, it's, it doesn't really bother us until something happens. So, um, very recently, my friend was on a flight and this mother was with their child and the child said, thank you. And she said, oh, you don't have to say thank you to flight attendants. You don't need to use your manners. What? What? <laughs> Excuse me? What is wrong with you? So that is bothering me because it's like, well, you know, why would you even think of saying that? But then, on, you know, on the other side of it, it's, well, it's okay. Like, I'd rather you think that all we do is serve because it creates this little bit of, like, trust almost of, like, oh, everything's going to be fine, you know. They're only here to serve. And it's it, they, mm. if you really start thinking about everything, then you also start thinking about everything that could go wrong. It's a great point. So it is kind of like, okay. And sometimes, you know, you'll have, like, I find um, – when there's like a very young crew and you'll have like business people who fly a lot, they'll kind of look down at you a little bit, but really it says more about them than it says about me. So I don't really care. Interesting. And also like when I think of uh, like fly, I mean, we're talking about like people just being like super rude. And also you mentioned before, just like people probably grabbing people. Like I remember like back in the day, like I would see like these old movies where they would kind of like, that's how they would depict flight attendants mm-hmm. as like these pretty girls and these 
guys who are like drinking scotch or like grabbing their legs or doing whatever like does that sort of thing happen and what's protocol with that like is that yeah can you arrest someone on a plane yeah of course you can um so they used to beforehand so at the so the the history of like the flight attendant is that they used to only hire uh women who were nurses and you had to be a woman and you had to be a certain height and a certain size. So you had to be small and you had to be short and beautiful. And it was a standard. Obviously today they can't do that. They can't hire you on like your, like your beautiful face. Um, But there's still kind of like a stigma around that. And um, yeah, it has happened. Like I've had people poke me a lot or uh, grab my ass or, it is happening um and then you just you have steps you have to follow and just like you give warnings and then at one point you know they there's a there's a point where you would give like a a paper warning and then they would get arrested after that when you arrive on the ground but you would tell them so you'd say like okay this is your last warning next time we'll give you a card and then next time you get arrested so they know what's coming yeah how do you arrest someone on a plane like if you're in the air yeah, so in the air, we would if it would depend. So in the air, if someone is physically attacking people or physically touching inappropriately, you would restrain them. So we have restraint kits, and then um, you would probably like you would probably ask people around you to like grab the person and then restrain them. But it would have to be they would have to be like physically aggressive. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really, it's a really, really tricky situation. Um, it's happened on a flight one time that this girl was a, a passenger and she went to the washroom. Every time she would come back, the man next to her would put his hand on her seat so she, he could like feel her, like feel her, feel her up when she would sit down. And she was really uncomfortable and she didn't know what to do and what to say. And she didn't have any like evidence of it happening. And so do you restrain that man? Like, do you restrain him? You know, where do you, do you, you, do you, you always have to side with the victim, but then at the same time, he's saying he's not, he doesn't do anything. Um, you can't, you don't really have grounds to like restrain somebody unless they're like physically aggressive, but you can then talk to the pilot and then the pilot will call the ground. And there's just, it's just so weird. Like there's so, we can't like physically arrest somebody. We can try and restrain them. Um, like my friend, um, had someone try and bite her so we could restrain that. What the hell? Yeah. <laughs> he was, he was on drugs, we think. Um, and he went through security, no problem. But then I don't know, like when you go in the air, you have less oxygen as well. So everything you take on the ground and everything you drink hits you mm. double the amount. Um, so he tried to bite her. And so we had to restrain that person. But then for something like sexual harassment, it's, that's just like, you have to kind of let it slide until you you land unless he's like you can physically see him do something to her that's terrible because because it's Jesus. like you have to let that slide because of the work environment or because the like safety protocols and just knowing that things can erupt like if someone singled out but like for you like for that to happen to you for you to have been harassed or groped or touched and to like then have to actually go through in your mind like is this a big enough deal to bring it up like that's that's terrible imagine, to hear. because imagine someone is touching you and no one else sees it and you restrain them then they can sue you for that right you need to have you need to have evidence of something happening yeah. And so you can't just restrain someone because they're being 
you know, an idiot. Man, why do airports and airplanes just bring out the worst in people? Yeah, I don't, know. I don't know. Sometimes you just see people walking through the airport or on flights, and you're like, "This is this should be so easy. Like, just sit down. That's all you need to do." But That's everyone it. just makes it so difficult. You know, I think we forget a lot of the time that even though you're someone who's not scared of flying, when you do fly, you do leave it up to faith somehow. You give up your control. You give up, you know, like the fact that your your life is in someone else's hands. And I think sometimes people go back to like their primal needs hmm. and like their true self because they're uncomfortable because they feel like they don't have control yeah that's it's a very interesting observation um and it's true like we, yeah because we all mask our fears in weird ways and you know i know i know joe likes to slug a few uh bottles of wine on a plane pass out i've actually never had wine on a plane yeah i've never i've never been on a plane with you i don't know i just i just lied it was i've definitely drank on a plane but just not wine (laughs) but i would suggest not to drink anything sweet because it's really rough when you get on the ground yeah i imagine Mm -hmm. that's that's pretty bad um is there and and how honestly speaking of alcohol like what is the protocol there like, are you able to just be like, nah, dude, we're not serving you anymore. It's kind of crazy alcohol is allowed on planes when you think about it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so <laughs> it is crazy. But at the same time, it is. Um, so funny story. My my grandmother's brother was a very wealthy man in the 80s. And he used to travel first class everywhere. And um, him and his wife went, were going on a flight somewhere. And then there was like an engine failure or something. And they had to they had to land and may have an emergency landing. And so they took what they want. They still wanted all of these people to fly. So they were going to put them on another plane. And that was in the 80s. So that wouldn't happen today. But they took all of these passengers and put them in an airport. And then they were offering free shots of like brandy to everyone. To oh, them brandy. Down. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's, really, that's a really funny story. But um, so that's there funny. is that aspect to it, to the like, it can calm you down if you're a nervous flyer. Um, you can stop someone from drinking for sure. It's awkward and uncomfortable and we don't want to do that ever. So if, you know, people can restrain themselves, that's always the best. Um, it has happened to me. The worst, it was like one of the, the worst thing is like his friends could keep drinking cause they were okay, but he couldn't. <laughs> and so he got very, very, very upset mm. with me. Um, but yeah, you can serve, you can serve, um, even if you have like your, your child with you. You're like on international grounds. So if your parents say my child can have a drink, you can give them a drink. Oh, oh yeah. interesting. I, mean, I didn't know that. Like, There's a tip for everyone. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why you would do that, but interesting. It's a loophole. Well, because like, all over the world, like the, the age for drinking is different everywhere, yeah. right? So you can't just like assume... Yeah, there's like eight-year-olds eight year in Italy drinking wine. Yeah, as we speak. <laughs> exactly. Wow. So it, it's really just a matter of like if someone is rowdy, like if they're just out of hand, then you're like, okay, you can cut them off. But as long as they're just like, okay, you could just keep serving them, I assume. Yeah. Cool. I mean, sometimes you'll serve, um, you'll serve someone a lot of alcohol and then they are okay, but you will like, it's, 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 you have to use a lot of like tact, but you can go up to them and be like, Hey, I've noticed you've had a couple of drinks today. I just want to make sure that you're not driving afterwards because we don't want to have any issues with that. Uh, Like just make sure to like, keep in mind that everything you drink will double on the ground. And usually people are pretty good with that. mm -hmm. 
but people don't think about the fact that it's going to hit them. And a lot of the time you'll like get on the ground and then you have to go to the washroom and then you're really drunk. Yeah. Uh, and another question I had actually, now that we're on the, the um, topic of beverages is that I've heard a rumor back in the day. There was were like, I think one time I posted on Instagram that I like was drinking coffee on a plane. And then so many people were like, don't drink the coffee. Oh, Oh, um, it's, well, it really depends. Like, so they clean the, they clean the tank where the coffee is, right. where the water, where the hot water would be. Uh huh. It still is hot water. Um, but in like, I think it was in the early 2000s, they had like an epidemic of, of like a E. coli or something in the water oh, no. in the plane from getting water from another destination, like in the third world country or something like that. Mm hmm. And everyone got sick. And so I think a lot of people mm. still think that. But I mean, listen, we drink the coffee on the plane all the time and everything's fine. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. I didn't see anything. Well, they, but like they were like, oh, they don't clean the tubes or no, whatever. I'm like, what? They do. And let me, let me tell you, you know when they do because the water tastes like chemicals. Mm. Ew, well. <laughs> it's really gross, but they do, yeah. It's funny when people try to think they know like secrets behind the scenes. Yeah, yeah like, they have a um, rumor. But only as we it, know as now. As if we're going to leave with episode. a plane that's not, you know. Yeah. And in yeah. your expert opinion, I don't know how many airlines you've worked for, but, you know, I'm assuming you've flown a bunch. Mm -hmm. uh, do you do you know which one is the best, in your opinion? <laughs> I mean, yes. Um, <laughs> but it's, let's just keep in mind that you get what you pay for. Mm -hmm. Of course. Mm -hmm. So if you want to pay $14,000 to be in business class in, in Emirates with Emirates and have, you know, a shower for yourself, then you're going to have an amazing flight. <laughs> and let's just say if you pay 30 euros to fly with Ryanair, oh. then you're going to get what you pay for. <laughs> so, right. Yeah. I mean, some airlines are really, really amazing. And then some are really awful. But I would say most of the airlines like, in North America, like they compare. Mm -hmm. That's good. I want to, um, you know, bring up a, a subject that is often a side effect of alcohol and something that people think about a lot on planes, specifically for some reason, which is sex, the mile high club, as people say. Uh, yeah, people seem to be obsessed with trying to have sex on planes. Is that something that you've encountered? Oh yeah, multiple times. Um, And let me be very clear. I don't understand why. <laughs> Because those bathrooms, they're clean enough for you to go to the washroom. But when we think about like a sexual act, there's a lot of like touching the walls involved probably and like bodily fluids and like maybe being on your knees or something. Like the floor is not very well cleaned. There's always like a ridge on the side. And that's not cleaned often. That's filled with bodily fluids in there. Um, we don't clean the walls unless there's like, there's been an explosion of something on it, which yeah. happens. Um, so, I mean, I don't really understand why you would want to do such like a, such like a, an act, but it happens a lot and um, it is a felony. So you're not allowed to do it. Whoa. It's a, fe it's a felony? It absolutely <laughs> is. I mean, a plane is public transport, so it's like having sex on the bus. Uh, wow. Yeah. Um, so, I mean. Are you a felon, Joe, or no? Fucking no. That, uh, yo, <laughs> dude, 
I have a germ thing in fucking public bathroom. No way. No, don't do it. It's not worth it. And it's also like a really small space. Um, people Very know, small. Yeah. People that I know who've done it, they say like it's not that fun. Yeah, it's for I the imagine. story. But have you ever encountered it? Like, have you caught someone in the middle of it? Or did you like notice people that thought they got away with it? But you're like, all right, because I'm sure flight attendants see way more than people realize they see. Of course. And they always think that they get away with it. <laughs> and they rarely do. Um, I've had someone give a blowjob to their boyfriend right on their seat. Wow. And all so right. I don't know why they thought we weren't going to see that on a day flight. <laughs> Daytime. We did. And then um, I've had times as well, like where I'm doing a service and people go like right in front of me to stand up and go to the washroom together. And I'm just like, do you think that I haven't seen you? Like, I don't really understand. Can, Can you do anything about that, though? Or is it even worth you trying to stop it? Like, we don't care, right? I don't care. You do whatever you want. So usually what we're going to do is um, we'll write like a note or something. Because you want to be, you also want to be like, you don't want to scream it out. That's, you don't want to embarrass anyone. Um, So you just make a little note and you're like, hey, like, I don't know, congratulations. Like, you did it. Um, Just so you know, it's illegal. And so please don't do it again. And if you do it again on this flight, you're going to be arrested. And a lot of the time they're just like, they get really, okay, so a lot of the time the girl gets really embarrassed and the guy laughs it off. Yeah, that's like a worse way of getting caught. That's funny. That's like, I'm not mad. I'm, I'm disappointed. Or yeah, like, you're an idiot for trying this. Just get a note. And you're like, oh, God. Yeah. yeah, I know. But I know of some flight attendants who have done it, like in the washroom when there's passengers as well. I was going to ask that. I was going to ask if um, anyone has ever tried to get you to or if you knew any flight attendants who have. Yeah, no one's ever tried to get me to do it. Um, but I do know some flight attendants who have, yes. Wow. They just risk it all? They risk it all. Like, it's a very long delay. Everybody's on the ground. They Jeez. just do it. Wait, flight attendants and passengers or, like, two flight attendants? Um, I, I know of both. Wow. Wow. Someone yeah. actually picking up a flight attendant. That is interesting. Yeah. It was, like, a very, very low, low-budget airline. Jeez. Yeah. And, I mean, we also have beds where we can go to sleep. Oh. Um, so sometimes, like, stuff happens there, too. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. I see. And as a flight attendant, how often are you flying? Well, that's really interesting question because it really varies. Um, and it varies on every airline as well. But um, we do get a lot more days off than, like, a nine-to-five person. So you would get, like, eight days off in a month, right? Saturday, Sunday, usually. But we would get between, like... It de- again, it depends on the airlines, but from what I know, you would get between 10 and 13 days off um, because it is really hard on the body. And um, it, so sometimes it's, that's a bit complicated, the schedule, but sometimes you would get a month with a lot of flying and you get your minimum days off. And then other, day, other months you would get like really good flying. So like long haul flights. And then you would get like 20 days off because you only fly like a couple oh, like wow. the couple days because it's all about hours so you Mm -hmm. have to fill in Mm. your hour quota and so depending on like and then again different companies have different ways of doing it but a lot of companies do it with uh, seniority based so the more senior you get the more choice you have 
Okay. And would you say, I mean, obviously every airline's different, um, but the compensation and, and the pay for, you know, what you're putting yourself through, uh, do you, is it, is it worth it to you? So I worked at a, 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 like a lower budget airline when I started and that was not worth it at all. Everybody needed to have a second job. Oh, wow. Um, because you get back paid. So you get paid the, cause, because it depends. Sometimes with delays, you'll get more hours or you'll be somewhere like on a layover for longer. So you do get per diem for that. And so they calculate everything at the end of the month and they pay you the month after. So. Um, uh, okay. so like you have to be really, you have to be really good with money Yeah. because the per diem that you get, you don't get it on the same, like the same weekend that you're leaving, you get it the month later. Got and, it. Yeah. And so, um, at the beginning and it's expensive, like it's an expensive job because you're always gone. So you need to buy food, um, or you're traveling. So you want to go and visit and like sightsee and have fun. So sometimes you'll spend money on going out or, um, just something really, it's really, it sounds really, uh, benign, but like our tights, you know, our pantyhose, that's like $10 a pair. And you can sometimes go through two pairs of flight cause they break so easily. So that's like 110 bucks a month that you can spend just on pantyhose. Wow. They should Jeez. cover that. Honestly, they do, but they send you like an amount and then mm. it counts for, it's not enough basically. Yeah, it, yeah. it counts for so much that it's not enough. Yeah. It's like how like, like teachers have to end up buying their own supplies. It's like never going to cover it. Pretty and much. What, what kind of like perks do you guys get? Like, are you able to fly for free or you get a certain amount of free flights or you get a significant discount? So, um, if you live, so you, you can live and that's a really good perk. So you can live anywhere you want in the world. And, um, if you live somewhere else, they call it like we say we commute. So if you live somewhere else, they'll give you um, like a, a, a free flight for you to get to your home base so that you can operate your flight. Okay. So people live, you know, they work, they, they work like, I have, a, I have a friend who lives in the Netherlands, but is based out of JFK. <laughs> so oh, wow. he gets to go and then he stays, you know, he has like a crash pad or something in the city and then just can go back home afterwards and lives live somewhere else in the world and i you know i know people that live all over the world so that's a really cool perk um and then you fly at a really low a really really low amount so you would usually usually you'll be on standby so if there's any space on the flight you can go in uh, and then you'll usually pay like taxes and stuff like that so it depends on where you go but you can fly like to hong kong for like 51 dollars <laughs> Oh, wow. That's awesome. And do you like that lifestyle of, you know, constantly, uh, I was going to say jet setting, I guess, I don't know, it's different. It's technically a jet. Um, like is, or, or do you find it hard sometimes because you can't really settle down or necessarily have the same schedule every month? Yeah. So I personally, I really like it. It fits my, it fits my lifestyle. And I mean, when you do your training, they tell you, they say, you know, it's not a job, it's a lifestyle. Mm-hmm. It really is. It, it takes over everything. And so it is really nice because you can have like 12 days off a month and be with your family and your friends. But then if you're very junior and you don't get a lot of the days off that you'd like or you don't get a lot of the flying that you like, it can be really rough. Like I was, you know, like I was away on a layover when my grandmother passed away and 
I couldn't be there with my family for like a whole 48 hours. So mm. that was rough. Um, you'll miss weddings. You'll miss birthdays and funerals sometimes. Or um, when there's a really long delay sometimes as well, like childcare can be difficult if you have mm-hmm. children that you need to be taken care of. And, and so like that can be a little bit tricky. But the time off that you get and being able to just really disconnect from your job is amazing. Yeah, no, definitely. But like you said, it's for sure a lifestyle, not for everyone. Um, but, you know, totally respect that, like the hustle, the grind and just the constant um, travel. I am curious. I don't know why this popped in my head, uh, but I guess I was thinking about like landing in cities and wanting to experience, you know, that city, especially if you've never been. Are flight attendants ever just super hungover on flights? Yes. <laughs> But usually you'll do it like once and then you never want to do it again. Yeah, because that must be brutal. It's really rough. So you're not allowed to drink 12 hours before your flight. And so um, you have to get like that's your cutoff. And honestly, people are usually really good with that. But like, if you've been drinking the whole day, 12 hours is not always enough to like fully get you to recover. Yeah. So um yeah, it happens. It happens. And it's it's absolutely awful. Absolutely awful. Yeah, I imagine like being hungover and having to deal with people is probably like, the worst. Yeah, and it's also like it's happened to me. Like the one time that it happened to me, uh, I was, um, <laughs> of course, I was in Vegas. And um, <laughs> we went to leave the next day and our plane was had a mechanical issue so we had to wait and the passengers weren't on it we were just on it but we were in the middle of the desert in august and the mechanical issue was that the ac was broken and i wanted to die i was on this plane oh, for three hours oh, no. that's brutal you should get like triple pay if there's no ac on a flight that's nuts they fixed it and then we finally left but it was oh, okay. just like that three hours of like waiting for it to be fixed in you know like a crazy weather it was so it i think it was like a hundred degree outside it was something crazy like that like a heat wave which is why they needed to fix it (laughs) it was really rough yeah there's um something in in the email that i want to read because it's it's an interesting aspect i didn't think about you wrote uh this one lady had just come back from dispersing her brother's ashes in hawaii and after we made sure she was comfortable the whole flight she hugged us and thanked us for our kindness she wrote a beautiful letter to our management and i still tear up when i read it to this day Um, and that's so cool to hear that there can be personal connections formed or, you know, people that you meet because it it is people from all over. And like, yes, we said, you know, there's so many assholes on planes and it just can bring out the worst in people. But at the same time, you're exposed to so many different people from different walks of life. So it seems like there are instances where you do get to kind of form these memories or meet people, even if it's for, you know, a brief moment in the air that kind of stay with you uh, forever. And it's not something I you know, necessarily thought about, but is that something that happens often or just, or kind of once in a while that also makes the job worth it? It, it really depends on uh, your approach. So a lot of the times you, it will happen if you take the time to get to know the passengers. Yeah. So um, I, there's one story that just came to mind at the beginning of my career, I was leaving um, 
we were in Europe and we were coming home and we had a long delay. And there was this young girl. She was so, so sweet. And she was really, really nervous because she had a connecting flight that she was going to miss. And I just felt for her so bad because it is, it is really stressful to travel. Like it is. And we know that. And um, I wanted to make her feel better and all that. So we started chatting and she told me about herself. Long story short, her and I still talk to this day. We've exchanged oh, numbers. Wow. And we're still friends and it's been like seven years and I went to visit her where she lives and, but I took the time to get to know her and I took the time to want to make her feel better for a moment. Um, the same thing with that lady, we didn't have to, you know, we didn't have to take care of her the way that we did. And she didn't even tell us that her, her, she was there for her brother. Um, she just told us she, she was sitting, she was sitting next to a family that was, very happy and they were sharing their memories and she came up to us and she was crying and she was like, I'm, I feel really bad, but I'm just not in that headspace. And I was wondering if I could sit on my own and, and I just really felt for her. And I was like, yeah, for sure. And then the whole crew was on it. And, um, like the people from business class brought her a really nice tea and coffee in hmm. actual like ceramic wear and not just plastic. And we wrote her a little message, just letting her know that like everything was going to be okay. Because sometimes as well, people go like, it's happened that these two kids were um, 15 and 14 and they were going to, again, Hawaii because their parents had passed away in a car accident on vacation. Oh, like wow. that's devastating, you know, for these kids. It's a core memory they're forming and you have the chance to be that person to make them feel a little bit better in their misery. And so... That woman was just so sad. And then at the end of the flight, when we were leaving at the baggage claim, she saw us and she gave all of us a hug. And then she went out of her way to write the letter. And then she explained why she was there. And when we got the letter, I was so touched because I was like, we could have just said, yeah, okay, and let her be. But we didn't. And it just made it, it just made it really special. Hmm. And it's really nice. That, yeah, yeah. That, is, that is super nice. And, uh, you know, before we wrap up, I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that have like a fear of flying or they're scared yeah. of, you know, whatever. Can you just tell those people, <laughs> um, first of all, how many flights do you think you've been on yeah. and why it is actually very safe to fly? Okay. So when people are really nervous on flights, I usually like to sit with them and I remind them that Chicago airport is the airport in the, in the world where they're like there's the more flights that leave and they have something like 10 flights a minute that leave. And wow. I'm like, think about right now in the air, there are about 10,000 10, airplanes Jeez. and you're just one of them and you're nothing's going to happen to any one of those planes. So you're fine. Hmm. Um, and then turbulence is basically like potholes. It's like a pothole in the road, like mm -hmm. on the road. Right. And so it feels stressful because you feel like you're, you know, you feel like you're falling and all that. But unless you're going through extreme turbulence, which some pilots have never been through in like 30 years of career, like this very rare that you're going to go through some turbulence that it's dangerous. Um, everything is safe there too. And then it's to think as well, like if, you know, when, when a plane crashes, it is a huge event because you're losing all of these lives all at once. But when you think about it, there are just as many people who are dying on the road in their cars every day. Mm -hmm. We just more, don't probably, think yeah. more probably. Oh, yeah. We don't think about it because it's not, it's extravagant, right? It's a huge thing. 
Um, and so it's, it's really is just surrendering and letting go of control and just knowing that we're not leaving if it's not safe. Sometimes people are like, they think that we want to leave if the plane is not safe. They're they, like, they get so nervous and they're like, yeah. well, you know, you know, you guys want to go home. And it's like, well, not if I'm about to die. Like, I don't <laughs> want to go home if I know that we're going to crash. That's not yeah, my yeah. point here. So like, if we choose to go, then it's safe and we're good to go. Yeah. And then to say how many flights I've been on, I mean, I've been doing this for 10 years. I, it, I wouldn't be able, I wouldn't even be able to tell you, but I did count one, just one year, uh, one time we were counting and I think I went to like Hawaii like 50 times in Jesus, a year. That's so wild. It's a lot. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. No, wow. It's, uh, it, it really is. It's fascinating to hear and it's, um, it's cool. It's, and it's cool to hear how much you enjoy it and just how much you do like, or, or how, and just how much you're capable of doing. And, you know, honestly, you you seem like a really great flight attendant, which is awesome. Thank you so much. <laughs> yeah, no, totally. Is there anything, um, anything we didn't cover? Like any, anything else that you think is worth adding or it'd be fun for people to know that just the average person, you know, would never think of? Yeah. I mean, it's, there, there really is a lot that goes on behind the scene there's so much more like I could have gone into the whole like dynamic between pilots and flight attendants that's so that's the whole episode in itself like it's just so insane um but people what I would like people to remember is that everything we do has a purpose so when we ask you to do something or to put something away it has a purpose we're not there to make your life miserable we really aren't and um if you bring us any chocolates or something, then you'll be really well treated on board. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> it happens. And then we give you like, usually we'll try to give you like, a, we get crew water bottles, which are like the big ones. So we'll give like a big water bottle and probably offer a snack or something, you know, so. So you guys are people too. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes it feels like they're off limits or I don't, sometimes I feel like people are treating them so poorly. Like, let me just be invisible to them but that that's cool like you why wouldn't well yeah but why wouldn't you like an interaction or getting to know someone or someone giving you something yeah and you can ask and like people can ask all the questions that they want um but they just sometimes it's weird they get really upset when the answer is not what they want to hear mm. And it's like, I don't really know what to say, but you can ask. You can ask all the questions. We really don't mind. You just have to be okay with the answer that I give you. Right. That's fair. Cool. Yeah. Well, wow. We uh, really appreciate the insight. Um, you know, love, love hearing about all the behind the scenes things that we wouldn't necessarily know. And uh, just, you know, really cool to hear, you know, your perspective. And like we said before, just uh, how much you enjoy it. And uh, it's just always cool speaking to people who are just good at what they do and enjoy what they do. So really, really awesome. Thank you guys so much for having me. It was really nice. Of course. Yeah, thanks totally. for coming on. Okay. Thanks. All right. Good luck with everything. Have a good one. Guys, we have partnered with Current to give away $1,000 to OPL listeners. I'm going to come back to those details in a minute, but first I want to quickly tell you about Current. 
Current is the future of banking. We've all been let down by traditional banking. There are so many fees, there's long lines in person, and to be honest, their apps are usually terrible, but that's not the case with Current. You can easily spend, save, and manage your money better with the Current app and debit card. You can earn points on every swipe and get cash back rewards. Plus, they have helpful spending insights and budgeting tools so that you can keep better track of your spending. And we've partnered with Current to give away $1,000. That's right. Current is going to give away $250 to four listeners of our show. All you have to do is download the Current app at current.com slash OPL for a chance to win. Remember, that's current.com slash OPL. And winners will be awarded April 1st. So don't wait. Sign up and uh, you have a chance to win some money. There's no purchase necessary to win. Purchase won't increase chances of winning. Void where prohibited. Eligibility restrictions apply. Visit current.com slash OPL for full terms and conditions. And uh, I've always wanted to read a disclaimer like this. Uh, Current is a financial technology company, not a bank. Banking services provided by and Visa debit card issued by Choice Financial Group member FDIC. The current annual percentage yield is variable and may change at any time. Terms and conditions apply. I think I nailed that. But seriously, guys, head over to current.com slash OPL. Today's episode is brought to you by Surfshark. Tell me, does this sound familiar to you? This video is not available in your location. If it does sound familiar, then let me tell you why a VPN is the solution to your problems. First of all, a VPN will increase online privacy, which is super important, and it will help you avoid hackers but it will also help you access entertainment because the content that you see is limited by your geographic location. But if you use a VPN, you can change your virtual location and forget about restrictions and censorship. So if you can't find what to watch on Netflix, Hulu, Disney Plus, or any other streaming platforms, unlock completely new libraries with a VPN. If you can't watch a YouTube video you wanna watch, connect to a different location with a VPN. If you can't access certain websites or apps through your school or office networks, just try a VPN. This will open up completely new content for you guys to consume, uh, especially shows, movies, videos, whatever it may be. So try Surfshark risk-free with a 30-day money-back guarantee. Get Surfshark VPN at surfshark.deals slash OPL and enter the promo code OPL for 83% off and three extra months free. You heard me right. That's three extra months for free, plus 83% off, plus a 30-day money-back guarantee. Guys, try Surfshark at surfshark.deals slash OPL. Here we have uh, Manscaped. Uh, Manscaped, you know, they're back. Join the 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped for their shower time routine by going to manscaped.com for 20% off with, with the, and free shipping with the code OPL. Uh, Manscaped is great um, if you're, you know, scaping your man if you will. Uh, you know, they have uh, a refined body wash now and it's amazing. I mean, it's, inc- it's incredible. It actually came in the mail yesterday, opened it up, used it, smells amazing. Um, and they have the best, uh, you know, cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents. When you're younger and you're trying to do that, uh, you know, shave the old pew, uh, you know, sometimes you'd nick yourself and they bleed forever. You don't want that. So they have, uh, 
they have got it down. Uh, the lawnmower 4.0 has 7,000 uh, RPM motor, a new multifunction on and off switch that can engage a travel lock and gives you the ability to turn the 400,000 K, 400, 4,000 K LED spotlight on and off. Um, it's great. So they have a bunch of stuff for you. Um, and they have a performance package 4.0 and the body wash. You know what I mean? Uh, it's got everything you need for your hygiene routine. Um, so yeah, join the 4 million men that have been doing Manscaped. Uh, you get 20% off and free shipping with the code OPL at manscaped.com. That is 20% off plus free shipping with the code OPL at manscaped.com. Keep your balls trimmed fresh and clean with Manscaped. All right. There's no other way to do this right now. Uh, it is amazing. Uh, they have, like I said, the performance uh, package 4.0 also includes the weed whacker, if you don't know, uh, to shop your worst weeds up, uh, top, <laughs> worst weeds up top in your nose and ear. So takes care of everything for you in one shot. Get the performance package. Again, that is manscaped.com. Use the code OPL, 20% off and free shipping. She made me feel just comfortable she's like a good flight attendant would do yeah i feel comforted i feel like she she took care of us she answered our questions she uh made us feel safer flying she's just like really she's good she's like she's a good people person and like it's there's so many skills that you truly need to have to be a good flight attendant yeah, I mean, you definitely have to have like a high tolerance for people because I imagine you're dealing with like, and you know, that's the thing too, being on flights, like people just think they're so entitled to like every little thing, like they're a prince mm-hmm. on this flight, you know, and like it just bothers me so much. It's like, it's easy, you know, you get on the plane, you sit down, you shut the fuck up, that's it. Yeah. But people ask you, especially with the masks and people, it's like, bro, whatever, it's protocol, just fucking mm-hmm. wear it and shut the fuck up. Like why is right now the time to make a statement you're holding up everyone else on the plane yeah so i it literally it's, is it's like sit here movie on do you want a drink bro <laughs> like, so easy it should so be easy. the easiest task for a human here's People free food do that on here's, their couches all day yeah it's ridiculous bro and yeah, the fact yeah. that the, it, it, it shouldn't be as hard as it is but it is an interesting job and you know i never really thought about how you know i mean it fits her lifestyle so it, it works out but just like never being home what is your home? It's on, in the air, honestly. Yeah. Like you're flying around. You went to fucking Hawaii 50 times. That's wild. Yeah, man. And sometimes, I mean, you see flight attendants that have made this a career from when they were young and have just done this for decades. And oh my God, like the uh, the amount of flights, the places they've been, uh, it's it's crazy. It's, a, it's such a different career choice than anything else. Like it's it's so unique in what the job requires and and what that role is it's not it is interesting it is interesting like the perspective uh of someone who's like been to all these countries and different airports and stuff like yeah that must be really cool like life experience i don't know that i could keep that up for you know anything more than two years yeah yeah (laughs) not not for um, everyone but um but it's cool yeah it's 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 cool and it's i like it because it's a job it's someone like in that role a lot of us who fly have flown will continue to fly uh will interact with you know at some point so like next time i fly i'm gonna be hyper aware and just like seeing them as people more you know like yeah they're judging they're normal people they're laughing they're taking care of everything bro first of all obviously they're people but like (laughs) i flight attendants for me are just a good benchmark of like 
how things are going with this fucking flight because I have a little bit of a flight in, uh, like flight anxiety. Not that I'm like super freaked out or whatever, but when there's turbulence or it's like it feels like bad or there's a weird sound, I'm always looking at the fucking flight attendants. And if they're cool, I'm like, whatever, dude. Yeah, no, that's like a, they, that's they've a good been point. on a billion of these flights and like they're just like, oh, this again, whatever, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. But yeah, really cool. Um, she mentioned too pilots and flight attendants. That's interesting. Um, one thing that we're trying to do more this season is get guests into our Discord if you're a uh, patron. So I think that's uh, perfect. We'll get her in so that patrons can answer. Uh, ask her more questions and uh we can get a little more insight on the whole pilot flight attendant thing Mm, yes uh but yeah that is uh that is all for this week's episode but for anyone out there that wants to be a part of the show uh, a guest on our show don't hesitate to reach out to us send us an email oplpodcast at gmail.com or our website oplshow.com yeah follow us on instagram at opl podcast tiktok as well and uh like i said if you want to become a patron head over to patreon.com slash opl show you'll get those bonus episodes we have the discord as well where we'll get previous guests like the one we just spoke to to come into the chat so that if you're a patron you can actually type out in the chat talk with them ask questions and we kind of just all have a big conversation which is fun and that is all for this week See you guys next time.